Hello, everyone. It's December 6th. Welcome to the Born on This Day podcast. I am Bill Antoniou. And I am Amanda Barker. Amanda, happy St. Nicholas Day. What? Yes, today is St. Nicholas Day for many traditions, including mine. Uh, This is the day that the uh, Greek Orthodox calendar uh, has the feast day for St. Nicholas, and it is my father's name, so it is his feast day. So growing up, my mother always threw a a Christmas party in December for my dad's name day, and that's what I always associate this day with. That is so cool. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I I didn't even know a a name day was a thing till... A few years ago. <laughs> right, because you grew up in, in uh, Massachusetts where there's no Greek people, apparently, although there actually is millions of them. Well, um, it, At- Italians do it too, yeah, right? Don't yeah, they do yeah, name yeah, days yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Greek culture, your name day, it's it, I don't know why they call it a name day. It should be your feast day. But anyway, um, your name day is a bigger deal than your birthday in Greek culture. Oh, wow. Yes. So, and that's when you get presents. That's when you get... Your birthday is actually traditionally with Greek people. Your birthday is you taking your friends out and treating them to dinner uh, as a way to thank them for acknowledging the, and setting aside time for your birthday. While it's your name day, generally the party, no invitations. You invite everyone who calls you to wish you a happy name day, which well, because everyone the- knows the days, they all do. I see. Yeah. I see. Two things I want to say. First off, there were a lot of Greek people in Massachusetts. Oh, Hence my favorite restaurant that only closed down last year called Christos, <laughs> uh, where the same old man would go Barker party of four, Barker party of four <laughs> every time I come in because they had like a microphone. It was yeah. like the 70s. They had like a gold Amazing. room and a green room. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say, so this is St. Nicholas Day, yep. which you'd think would be Christmas nope. because obviously St. Nicholas has a connection to Christmas. Um, but actually this is St. Nicholas's day yes because so if the you're day a, that's a chris or a christina that's when you celebrate is on christmas day very interesting um, but there is much more to this holiday and saint nicholas than just santa claus and christmas uh partially he insp- although he partially inspired the christmas and saint santa claus that we all know mm-hmm. and love saint nicholas actually derives from a different kind of tale uh let's learn about saint nicholas and what this day truly is about um but Ooh, then yes that's let's. all we have yeah that's all i've got so i guess we'll have to <laughs> learn about it later amanda well, I'll, we can learn about December 6th, though. And the people who are born on this day, their personality is defined by an assertive, honest, and restless nature. Uh, you value, if this is you, and happy birthday, and happy name day, if this is your name day, or happy birthday, if this is your birthday. Uh, you value honesty in all aspects of life, which may explain why those closest to you would describe you as either blunt or frank. Your assertive nature may also explain your restlessness. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, very. these are very sad qualities, yep. though. If you yep. follow astrology at all, being restless and blunt. Yep. Um, Marco Timpano, who is not a uh, co-hosting with us today is uh, is both of those things, and he is definitely a Sag. And I should also point out that one of my favorite famous Greeks is uh, from Massachusetts. Speaking of, yeah, which Wait, is who? Uh, Jason Manzukis. What about the Dukakises? I mean, oh, that's come right. on, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. we got Barker party of four. <laughs> 
Well, celebrating a birthday today, uh, one of my favorites on the list is Jo Beth Williams, who got a BA in English before training with the Trinity Repertory Company. She became a regular on daytime soaps in New York in the 70s, breaking into movies in a brief role in Kramer vs. Kramer before achieving fame in the hit 1982 horror film Poltergeist. She starred in The Big Chill, Teachers, and American Dream. Later, she took over Susan Sarandon's role in the television version of The Client and had brief runs on Private Practice and Heart of Dixie. She was nominated for an Oscar for On Hope, a short film she directed. She was born on this day in Houston, Texas in 1948. And she was one of the few people who was in Poltergeist that didn't meet some tragic end. It's didn't... very true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them met awful. She hasn't ends. even met an, a, a tragic old age. Like she's still incredibly beautiful. Well, there you yeah. go. Uh, Judd Apatow is married to Leslie Mann, who's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's beautiful, I'm sure, to some. Okay. Uh, he, he, he got his start on campus radio, on which he interviewed a number of high-profile comedians, one of whom was Gary Shandling, who later hired him to write on The Larry Sandler Show. Isn't that cool mm-hmm. how that worked? Uh, le- sorry, did, I, I don't know if I said that right. Larry Sanders Larry Show. Sanders, yeah. I love that show. I used to watch it after Tracy Ullman. Uh, He worked on the Ben Stiller show and the short-lived Freaks and Geeks. He's always associated with that one, I think. Uh, And that, of course, launched careers for a lot of people, including Jay Baruchel Mm -hmm. and... um, James Franco. And... uh, Uh, Busy... Not Busy... uh, Busy Phillips? What's her name? Knocked Up Guy. What's his name? Oh. The guy? uh, From Vancouver. uh, Seth Rogen. There we are. Um, And then he broke through with the 2005 surprise hit comedy, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, Virgin. I'm just I'm just slurring everything today. Um, (laughs) You're you're drinking too many uh, eggnogs for St. Nick's Day. That's why. (laughs) Uh, I feel like The 40-Year-Old Virgin is like My American Pie. I really do love that movie, actually. I really thought it was great. Um, Which launched him as a director of note and led to the films Knocked Up. Funny People, This is 40, Trainwreck, and this year's King of Staten Island. He's married to leading lady in all of those, uh, most of them anyway, Leslie Mann, and was born on this day in Syosset, New York in 1967. He, she's very funny in this, in, in Knocked Up. Oh, she's well. so great in everything. I think she's like Oh, and, and in 40-year-old version. Yeah. yeah. Um, he tells a great story about how when he was young, he went to Steve Martin's house and asked for an autograph. Steve Martin was like uh, washing his car on his driveway or something, and he was doing like a tour of star homes and he asked for steve martin's autograph and steve martin was like no leave me alone and then years later he told this story you know once he became famous and um about what a shitty guy steve martin is basically and steve Mm. martin then sent him an autograph or like an autographed movie or something like that and he's like sorry i didn't realize i was meeting the judd apatow I love Steve Martin. Yeah. I mean, Joe Apatow. It's interesting, you know. He's of his time. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what what he does now mm-hmm. because I feel like he was very much that 2000 to 2010. Like that was sort of his yeah. His time. Forty Year Old Virgin. Um, what's interesting about that? I wonder how he. I wonder how that came to be because I know it was a sketch from a Second City show right. that never made it to the show. <laughs> Because as uh, as you know, um, well, maybe you don't. I'm a Second City alumna. So what happens is you 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 pitch all these sketches and you're doing yep. these sketches and not all of them make it in, right? They, and they all come out of improvs, most of them, right. in one way. or Either you kind of do the sketch and then you improv you improvise it out or you do it through an improv set and then go, that's funny. Let's, let's uh, write that down more or less. And so that was one that didn't quite make it. And so 
it became a film. So I wonder how, like if Steve Carell pitched it to him or how that happened. Well, a lot of his projects are him like recognizing talented people and sort of fostering their projects to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a feeling that, yeah, he liked that skit or he was, he liked Steve Carell and really wanted to do something that would sort of bring him out. So, mm-hmm. cause he also was the one that made sure that Amy Schumer wrote that film and, Right. Um, he's been producer on a lot of films that he didn't direct, which was also done True. the same way. So he's kind of like a comedy guru, you know, in a way. It's like he has his own station, his own brand. Yeah. Almost. And, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, Freaks and Geeks was a breakthrough for a lot of actors. And even um, uh, 40 year old virgin, like that, that is really what led to Seth Rogen becoming a thing. And yeah. also Paul Rudd as well. Cause even though Paul Rudd was right. already famous, we had forgotten about him by that point. Right, and that's right, right. the current career he has is because of what 40 year old Virgin did to sort of bring him back. Yeah, so, you're right. Good point. Yeah. Moving along. Tom Hulse went to New York in the late seventies and before long was understudying for Peter Firth in Equus landing a few roles on television before having his breakthrough in the 1978 comedy animal house. Focusing his career on stage, he continued to have some big successes in films as well, including an Oscar nomination for the title role in Amadeus and the films Parenthood, Fearless, and Dominic and Eugene. He voiced the character of Quasimodo in the Disney version of Hunchback of Notre Dame and was nominated for a Tony Award for his performance in Aaron Sorkin's A Few Good Men. Moving into production, he won the Tony Award for Best Musical for Spring Awakening. He was born on this day in Detroit, Michigan in 1953. True story. Hunchback of Notre Dame is one of my favorite Disney movies. <laughs> Interesting. I've never been a huge fan of it. It's, you know why? Because I love the fact, I love the original story mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And I love the fact that they dared to take it on. I know, because it's <laughs> so dark, right? Yeah. It's so dark. Like, it's so, I mean, Little Mermaid is dark too. Yeah. And, but, but it doesn't you, you require least... as much alteration. So there's part of me that just loves the fact, because there is still some of the darkness in it. Yep. So, I mean, not not the ending, certainly. Well, they but... always retain some. All the Disney films are lighter versions of the stories. Like, they're all horrible fairy tales that they have really yeah. up, right? Like, yeah, older yeah. versions of Cinderella have the father trying to marry her, and that's why she's, like, running away. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Things, things change with Disney involved. They, they certainly do. Well, Janine Turner uh, changed after she returned to Texas <laughs> after studying in New York, and she was hired to do a bit role on episodes of Dallas, which inspired her to go ahead and try her luck in Hollywood. After a brief stint on General Hospital, oh yes, she moved on to a lengthier gig on Another World, making her film debut in Young Doctors in Love and the 1986 film Taipan. Widespread fame, an Emmy nom, and three Golden Globe nominations came with the 1990 series Northern Exposure. I did a little slur on that. I'm just I'm just your aunt on a <laughs> on the dock of the cottage today. Yeah. Northern Exposure, which was followed by the films Cliffhanger, Leave It to Beaver, Dr. T and the Women, and the series Friday Night Lights. She's also an author, a public speaker, and a founder and co-chair of Constituting America. She grew up in Fort Worth, my favorite city in Texas, but was born on this day in Lincoln, Nebraska. Actually, my favorite city in Nebraska in 1962. Uh, she is one of the prettiest women who ever appeared in front of a camera. I think she's so beautiful. I have to look her up. Yeah, I, you I, definitely I know. Thought her. I knew. Yeah. 
I'm sure. Well, while you're doing that, one of the most beloved character actresses of the century, Agnes Moorhead, first got noticed working as part of the Mercury Theater on the Air troupe under Orson Welles, making her film debut in his classics Citizen Kane and The Magnificent Ambersons, the latter earning her the first of four Oscar nominations she would receive in her career. Today, she's best known for playing Samantha's mother Endora on the series Bewitched, for which she was nominated for six Emmys, but she also had a variety of roles in Johnny Belinda, Caged, All That Heaven Allows, and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. She worked until her death in 1974 at the age of 73. She was born on this day in Clinton, Massachusetts in 1900. Uh... I didn't realize Janine Turner was Maggie on Northern Exposure. Yeah, she's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah, and she also inspired like women to have short hair. Yeah, oh yeah. No, she was a stunner. Yeah, and still yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, and striking, which yes. the short hair was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ulrich Thompson is a Danish actor who first came to international recognition with the art house hit The Celebration in 1998. I think I saw it, actually, followed by his appearing in the Suzanne Beer film Brothers in 2004. He was in the Clive Owen thriller The International and 10 episodes of The Blacklist, but most recently appearing on The New Pope. He was born on this day in Odense, Denmark in 1963. Colin Salmon is a renowned British actor known for his roles on Prime Suspect and the films Resident Evil, Alien vs. Predator, and Punisher Warzone. Following his brief appearance in Tomorrow Never Dies, he came very close to becoming the first black James Bond until Daniel Craig got the role in Casino Royale. He was born on this day in Luton, England in 1962. Comedian Stephen Wright is famous for his low burn, self-effacing humor, along with quips like when he said, I tried to hang myself with a bungee cord. I kept almost dying. Uh, He's appeared in the films. I'm sure he does it better than me. He's appeared (laughs) in the films Natural Born Killers, Reservoir Dogs. So he was in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, he was the the DJ. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. He's he's not do we we never see him though. It's just his voice. You right? have seen that movie way more than I have. I barely remember. Yes. Yeah. He it's you never see him. He's right. just if you listen to the soundtrack it's then he's like uh I can't think of any of the band's names with stuck in the middle with you. Like it's he's just right. the Arrays hits central and CKFNY. Like he's he's that guy like it's just um a monotone uh, radio voice anyway uh i never realized that was him so this is you know i'm just we're all learning (laughs) anyway he was no (laughs) it's uh he also was in so i married an axe murderer and the miniseries horace and pete he actually won an oscar for best live action short for the appointments of dennis jennings good for him and was nominated for two emmys for producing louis uh, he was born on this day in Cambridge, Massachusetts in 1955. I didn't realize he was a producer. Wow. Yeah, and a paisan of yours, too. We got a lot of Massachusetts today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's Cambridge? Oh, it's basically Boston. That's where um, oh, right. Harvard is. That's right, yeah. It's Harvard, basically. Right. Patrick Beauchot was cast in his first film, La Collectionneuse, by his friend Eric Romer, despite the fact that he hadn't much ambition for acting. In fact, he went back to his interests studying modern languages after his first two films, and then resurrected his acting career in the 80s, appearing in The State of Things, Choose Me, A View to a Kill, and the miniseries Christopher Columbus. He was a favorite to play the part of Captain Jean-Luc Picard on Star Trek The Next Generation, but ended up losing the part to Patrick Stewart. He's still working, most recently appearing on episodes of The Affair. He was born on this day in Brussels, Belgium in 1938. 
Craig Brewer broke through with his second feature, Hustle and Flow, which won the 2005 Oscar for Best Original Song for 3-6 Mafia. He followed it with Black Snake Moan, the remake of Footloose, and episodes of Empire. Last year, he directed Eddie Murphy in the Rudy Ray biopic, uh, sorry, Rudy Ray Moore biopic, Dolomite Is My Name, great great film mm-hmm. he was born on this day in virginia in 1971 i was sad uh, dolomite is my name didn't get more recognition at the oscar me too uh, it was one of the films i enjoyed the most last year and eddie murphy was uh terrific in it i mean just he was great yeah, in it yeah I yeah it was I, a wonderful I, film. I wasn't happy about that stuff like i didn't i don't think it needed to have been nominated for everything but i just some recognition would have been nice yeah it's a movie that Ileana douglas uh, like p- pedaled the uh sidewalk for a lot she had a lot to say about it and she loved it um, mm. and I remember seeing it in the theater and I was so glad that I saw it in the theater and not on Netflix just cause it was a great night in a movie theater. You know, I just had a great time mm. watching that mm. film. Remember those? Yeah, I know back in the day, <laughs> uh, James Naughton made his Broadway debut in I love my wife in 1977 and has been a success on stage and screen since winning Tony awards for city of angels and the revival of Chicago starring on the planet of the apes television series, the horror film cat's eye, as the gentleman caller in his friend Paul Newman's film version of The Glass Menagerie played Ali McBeal's father and appeared on episodes of Gossip Girl and Hostages. He was born on this day in Middletown, Connecticut in 1945. Well, Nick Park joined Aardman Animation in 1986 and quickly became one of their most successful filmmakers, particularly for the claymation figurines Wallace and Gromit that he starred in two Oscar-winning short films. He also won an Oscar for Creature Comforts and later put Wallace and Gromit in their own feature film, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, for which he won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature, as always showing up to the ceremony in a brightly colorful oversized bow tie. Wallace and Gromit were actually so popular that when he lost the original clay figures in the back of a New York taxi cab, it became front page news and covered on radio and television as he just pleaded for their return. And he got them back 36 hours later after the driver checked his trunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. Uh, He also directed Chicken Run and 2018's Early Man and was born on this day in Preston, England in 1958. Yep. Some of my favorite animation is those Wallace and Gromits. They're fantastic. I, you know, I haven't, uh, I just haven't found them yet, you know? Do a deep dive. They're delightful. (laughs) Actor turned director Shekhar Kapoor's 1994 film Bandit Queen convinced British producers that he would be the perfect filmmaker to helm their 1998 movie Elizabeth, which went on to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Kapoor, who was initially qualified as an accountant before deciding to pursue his artistic dreams, continued to make films in Britain, including a remake of The Four Feathers, the sequel to Elizabeth, and the series Will. He was born on this day in Lahore, at the time British India, but now Pakistan, in 1945. When did that happen? When did uh, that area become Pakistan? Uh, Partition is after World War II, is it not? In the late 40s? I believe you. It's around the time that the British Empire basically loses its control of India. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Joe Shishido decided his face wasn't dramatic enough to be a leading man, so he underwent cheek augmentation surgery to make his face more impressive. You can see the results in the 60s Japanese action films that he is still best known for and loved for, of course, including Branded to Kill, Youth of the Beast, and Detective Bureau 23. He continued to work until well into the 21st century, filming his last movie in 2012 before his death in 2020 at the age of 88. 
1906. He was born on this day in Osaka, Japan in 1933. And if you see Joe Shishido, um, you can tell something's off. His his decision to do to give himself like jowls, to give himself a dramatic face. Like it's mm. it's not off-putting or anything, but like I remember the first time I saw him in a movie, I'm like, something's going on with this guy and I need to find out what. And then I right. remember he had had this yeah, uh, surgery. See so See, that that's crazy to me because yeah. it's like that kind of like almost the yeah, it's jow it's jowly. Like it's exactly what I would get. It's the yeah. first thing I would get rid of. <laughs> I know. But you know, it became his brand and it did not hurt his career in any way. Um, and it would not have hurt his career if he was also St. Nicholas, who we are celebrating today. <laughs> and uh, my father, Nicholas, who is uh, very jowly himself and annoying <laughs> me at this current moment. But uh, I love him and I'm glad he's lived this long. So very long. And um, I, I hope you had a good time today, Amanda. I know I've always, I always have a great time doing these with you. I have such a good time with you. And hey, I have a good time with your dad. How old is your dad? 89. Wow. Yep. Well, happy name day to your dad Thank and you. uh, happy uh, December 6th to anyone who's celebrating it for any of the wonderful reasons. Uh, and uh, Bill, this is always my joy. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Boyner on this day. Once again, I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. See you tomorrow. 